Welcome to Queer Companion Podcast. My name is M. I'm a non-binary witch, sex worker, and raver from Berlin and Germany. How are you all doing? What's going on in your lives? In Berlin, we had the first days of spring, which is always such a magical feeling when the sun comes back and the birds sing and everyone was outside. Not all properly distanced, I gotta say, but I was trying my best. Um, I spent the past days soaking up a lot of sun on the balcony, which was really lovely. And I could feel myself turning into this plant, constantly rearranging its petals to soak up the maximum of sunlight after this long, hard winter. <laughs> It's funny how I feel like I'm, I'm becoming uh, a lizard or something. It's like my main job is to soak up that sunlight. Anyways, um, I have a really beautiful conversation for you today with my friend Joey. Joey and I met in the summer of 2018 on the day of the lunar eclipse, actually while the lunar eclipse was happening on a bridge. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> pretty magical if you ask me. We also found out that our birthdays are only one day apart. And uh, yeah, even though they went back to Toronto a few weeks after we met, we kept in touch and I've always considered them to be like a cosmic sibling, really. And today we talk about trans identities, the fluidity of identities, and uh, really dig deep into what it means to be trans to us, which of course is a very specific experience and um, different for both of us. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I had a really lovely time with Joey to talk about this. We're going pretty, pretty deep into it. And I would just suggest that if you, if you're lost at some point, don't worry, we're going to pick you up again. <laughs> um. Is there anything else I want to say? Right, yeah. Do email me to careercompanionpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or any comments, any feedback. I do take critique too, of course. I do think that is what keeps a dis discourse healthy and going. And I would love to hear from you. And also just tell me who you are. All right, enjoy this conversation. I'll be in touch with you on the other side. Hey, Joey. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Not so bad. Where are you at the moment? I am at my apartment in Toronto. And I'm 
I can see some cracks of sunlight, but not so much. It's pretty overcast right now. That's lovely. We're having a, a bit of an early spring right now, which is such a little gift from Mother Nature after this extremely long fucking lockdown and like so much darkness and so, uh, yeah, so much oh quarantine <laughs> just so much of it <laughs> yeah it's been the last couple of weeks have been super snowy which is actually kind of lovely because it feels like a, like real winter is here instead of just cold and nothing to nothing to, else to look at yeah at least you can get excited about the snow <laughs> build snow people and <laughs> jump around in it. Yeah, um, I've made several snow angels so far. Wonderful. This, this winter. <laughs> um, I was just going to jump right into it and ask you how you identify uh, gender-wise. <laughs> um. Well, I, um, today <laughs> and recently have, um, felt, uh, like the, uh, my go-to, um, way of talking about my gender, um, without having to go too much into it to anyone, um, I just, I say that I'm trans and that is not something that I have um, felt uh, either the wherewithal to use or nor the permission to use for the majority of my life, but it's what I say now and it's, it's how I feel now. Uh, what does that mean to you? Um, I mean, for, for, uh, for me, it's that uh, um, the way that I'm perceived and like assigned as far as gender is not the whole picture for me, and that there's like a whole world of um, internal like feelings and understanding of my own self that no one else can see and that I might not even be able to fully explain ever. Um, but that it's not what I was assigned to be and it's not what most people see. And um, it feels more inclusive to my uh, gender to say that I'm, uh, to to use the word trans than it does to say non-binary because I actually don't feel um, that I'm neither um, of the genders. And I also don't always feel like it's solely fluid. It, it really, a lot of the times feels um, like there's a, there's a innate understanding of what it is to be a boy um, and, and like a, just a relief to be able to even say that to myself and to, um, 
um, to understand that things might come along with that that are hard, like, for example, judgments or disbelief or a lack of understanding or a, um, a wanting of some sort of proof from others when really those things are all external and don't matter as much as like understanding one's own or my own um, self. And um, I can present quite masculinely at times. Um, not that I ever really um, see myself or hear others um, mistaking me for a boy. Um, but um, in the way that I, that I feel, it sometimes can be quite masculine and then other times it can be quite feminine and like quite extremely femme um, to the point where sometimes I, um, I've, I've, I go in the completely opposite um, direction if there's directions at all. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your history of how you found the gender identity that you have now? Not assuming that this is the end of the process, but do you want to tell us a little bit about the process? Yeah. Um, for, uh, I mean, I. I feel like I could start so far back as being a kid um, and trying to um, navigate like and understand what it is that I was seeing around me. Um, but I almost feel like it's more useful to just say that um, moving to Toronto um, and which sort of coincided with me coming out to the majority of folks around me, I'd already come out to myself as queer or gay or whatever it was at the time a lesbian <laughs> um but you know like coming moving to Toronto almost 10 years ago that was when I started telling like um people I wasn't very close with or teachers and within a couple of years of that my parents and um, other family members and um my, my public identity um, all the all during all this time, I had a beautiful uh, group of people kind of entering my life that were all queer and and their sexuality ranged and their gender identity ranged. And what I was meeting were a lot of um, gender fluid. Um, we called it gender fucking at the time a lot, like to fuck with gender and um yeah now it seems kind of outdated but <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we would I would meet these these people um these new friends and every single time I would encounter there was a, a um visually there was a, a presenting that would be masculine and like as far as I saw like almost hyper masculine like um, somewhere around what someone would call androgynous towards pa passing as a as a as a man or as a boy or, or as a male, and um, 
it seemed like what I was learning was that that was something that existed first when um, I hadn't had the the time or the um, the space to sort of consider that there's a lot of other things going on inside and that the idea like being at the time about 21 I didn't really understand that the way you present could be something that could change like every hour every day every t-shirt you put on every you know moment that you place anything or adorn anything on your body um and so I lived for a number of years with the um kind of confusion of how how am I like what do I want to to place on me and when I place things that feel more uh like as though they represent more masculinity like what does that do and vice versa not to mention there was a fear of both extremes there was a fear of being too masculine and a fear of being too feminine and I think it was because I had not yet uh encountered or met like who I actually was because of all of the um the constructs that we live in and um I'd not I'd also pushed away a lot of the information that I gathered as a kid um, that now informs me quite a bit, um, which was how I remember feeling as a child. And I think because a lot of these um, non-binary friends that I was meeting had had a, ver had a, a very... Um, different experience growing up that I did like all of these uh everyone who I'd met had um come from an upbringing where they were always told that they were um looking like little boys mistaken for little boys and doing things that would be in the kind of sector of boy activities like that, that I don't even, that's not even how I, um, that's not what I agree with, but that's what we were told that certain activities are for boys and certain activities are for girls. Um, everyone who I met, not only was, were they presenting quite masculinely, but they'd also come from a life of being already mistaken from day one, like um, as not the gender that they were assigned at birth with. Whereas I had, um, that had never happened with me. I was um, in ballet and skating and music and um, uh, theater and modeling and acting from a very young age. And I didn't walk around in a sparkly dress every day, but I loved putting one on and dancing. And um, this was all happening on the outside. Whereas on the inside, when I would interact with other girls, with other young children who were assigned female at birth, I would always feel like some sort of um, naming going on in my head of like, oh, I'm the boy and or I have this, what I can only describe as like a feeling of masculinity, a feeling of not really being female. Uh, and so, 
for a while I probably pushed that away and now when I think back to it it makes a lot of sense um and um to answer the question of when this sort of um came to my understanding it wasn't until several years later when I um went to Germany and it was in and around the time when I met you I was meeting a lot of people who because of for one I think their 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 politics of identity but also um, a mere factor of like privilege or access um, little changes to the outside um, of folks that I was meeting had happened yet the delivery of like oh this is what I am and this is how I identify this is who I who I exist as were communicated to me and they did not match what I'd been shown for years in Toronto and it sort of blew my mind a little bit in terms of like that I'd been thinking that these things existed um, next to each other or belonged to each other somehow. And um, uh, it started to shift how I saw this external and internal conversation of one person, um, which started to shift the permission that I felt to explore that with my own self um, in terms of not needing to, for example, 86, any of my hyperfemme um, ways of speaking, moving, dressing, um, or not needing to 86, any of my, I would never say hypermasculine, but like masculine ways, energetic wise, clothing wise, whatever, what have you, um, in order to be who I am, which is um, something I was unsure of at the time. And so uh, I, I had this in one kind of orbit of my consciousness. And then I had another thing that was happening, which was people who were meeting me immediately used the they and them pronoun because um, they were trying to, um, they they were using they and them pronoun. They didn't know, they didn't know my gender. And I'd never been shown that type of care as far as identity goes, it's always, it was always just this assumption that like, because of the way you look, you're going to get she, and I'm not even going to ask. And the, the way that that felt hearing that in someone's mouth about me, and it wasn't about being called they, it was about not being called she. Mm. And the friction that, that, um, did not exist in that moment was uh, really, really noticeable. And I, then I was able to have the past inform the present a little bit by hearing um, this sort of rhythm in the mind of she, 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 she for so long and, and having it be like a gritty, like unfit um, sensation, just hearing it. Uh, and um, and so I not only did I not correct people, but I I was able to um, 
to to ask for that with other folks in my life uh, and change change the way that I'm addressed um, by using this other pronoun. Um, and that was kind of like the cracking of of a whole new layer of okay, now I'm using this. What does that mean? Um, and then I um, with that permission of not needing to do anything other than exist the way that I feel um, is a truth or my reality, um, that, that was a huge um, breaking point. And from then it's changed already so much and evolved so much um, just based on how, how I, um, how I'm able to, to swallow my life experience. That would be my next question. Can you describe how your gender identity changes over time or how it's shifting? And again, I'm not necessarily talking about linear time because I, well, we can, we can get to that because yeah, from our conversations before, I know that we both agreed that it's not linear <laughs> yeah it's definitely not linear like it's funny because there's so many moments and pockets of space and time that inform my like what's coming out of my mouth and what my brain is thinking about and how my heart and like kind of whole body feel right now um but as I'm answering you know the previous question, a flood of, of, of images and sounds are, are kind of rushing into my whole being and almost like a, like a before death <laughs> kind of like your life flashing before your eyes. Like this is almost happening. And it's like, Oh, I have um, this mesh, this sort of spherical, existence and yet we've been taught that we can unfold it and place it on a ruler and that there's a beginning and middle and an end to, to what we've experienced thus far when really like it's it's a sphere that you can travel within and land anywhere you want and it's all happening right now yeah um like, like um trans stories still uh have this narrative so much and especially the ones that are catered to the mainstream, it's like, I've always been a girl and, you know, and then I started taking hormones and now I am fully transitioned. And of course, and maybe for some people it is like that, but I think for a lot of people it's not. And um, also what you mentioned that, that you had a lot of queer and trans friends who had this very, um, or quite linear experience or also maybe linear story because that's also how we create it right like it depends on how we um, what we look at on whether the story is linear or not um, but of like oh like I was always passing as a boy and, and I was always this like butch queen or something and and I find that um, like I don't share that experience either at all for me, it was very messy and um, super difficult to even like put, like find a name for my gender identity because I'm femme. 
and I'm female assigned, but I'm not cis. And that's like the confusion. Um, but at the same time, it opens up this huge uh, like space because it doesn't exist in this linear uh, story of I've always been and therefore I am now or something. Yeah, 100%. Like the only, it, we, I feel like we like search in, in our lives or I don't want, I cannot speak for everyone at all, but like humans, it feels like we search for answers. And I, I've noticed that in the last, I'd say five years, I'm really curious about questions and like qu even answering a question with more questions because I don't necessarily feel like getting to an answer is in particular to the specifically with this topic like is useful and so my my questions continue to be like you know can we can we continue um always having conversations about this rather than trying to to figure out something or point to something or yeah answer something feels like the only way of understanding um these these like very personal experiences just having conversations about them and and listening to them as uh, as individual experiences yeah totally and allowing the space for people to um redefine themselves constantly <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, these friends that I spoke of that you just pointed to as well, um, you know, not, 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 uh, not everyone, but a lot of, a lot of these people have, you know, also shifted. And um, it, what it, what I notice is that that speaks to um, the times and like what was what was okay, what was, what we had access to then, and what we, what we were basing our decisions off of then. And, you know, a lot has transpired as far as the conversation of gender and, um, and the language changes so fast. Like we just um, talked about the gender fuckery or just a few years ago, you said gender queer until all of a sudden it was non-binary. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's funny because like for me, the term non-binary was the first, like when I heard it, it was the first time I could identify with, with something because trans didn't sit right with me, gender queer didn't sit right with me for whatever reason, I can't really say, but um non-binary was what what fit with me and femme and both um both terms i i realize are so um I, they, they make sense now maybe or they made sense then but if there's 
you know, that there might be a new term that's coming up that is more fitting. There might be uh, like, sometimes I just say agender because I feel like I, I just don't fit into any of those gender categories. And it, it's just constantly shifting and trying to, to find the perfect term and also trying to find the perfect language is impossible because that's not how it works. And that's also why I think this, this whole idea of, of trans inclusivity um, is, is so much based on, you know, knowing the right language, knowing, knowing the right terms. Um, and, and I don't know, being able to, to, to have a, like a, a perfect discourse around it. That's just, unfortunately not how things are <laughs> and yeah it's i, mean, I feel it's like it's like I, I think it's great when people make an effort to try to you know like be more aware of their language but there is no there is no perfection there is no no perfect way to put something there is no um this is not um not a finite uh a way of dealing with this subject <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's acknowledging that that there's a desire to put um, put different things in every aspect of our world in a place that it belongs, and be able to name it and be able to feel like there's this cozy like like okay now I'm really comfortable because I know that these things go here and these things go here when really like as far as talking about every single person and the idea of the self that's constantly evolving like there's there's no use and it's it seems to serve no purpose to try and perfect this as as a sort of system you know like yeah. they're uh there has been a gender binary for a long time. And so to say that something is non-binary, um, it's a great option. It's not necessarily meaning that the person who is non-binary is neither of the other genders, um, but it can be. And then it can exist in all the other cracks around it as well. So, um, yeah, and also being um, being trans or saying the word trans like doesn't have to coincide with um, certain choices or changes that have been made either. Which for me is what I what I grew up being told. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Trans is when you transition, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I actually was asked, um, I went to a friend's, um, I, w I went to a, a friend had organized a weekend um, specifically for women. And uh, at the time, I, I guess I identified as a woman. I didn't, I didn't like that. I, I always hated the word, um, or I guess not hated the word, in general but hated the hated the word in application to myself um and i was there to support her and i also it was the the weekend was centered around um 
all multiple ways of healing and I was interested and anyway I was there we were in a writing moment where we were all asked to write the word down and talk about write how it how it affected us and um no one had ever asked me to explicitly do that I had created my own opinions about it in myself and never really spoke about it um and so reading my reading what I had written back to myself um was this sort of shocking um un uncovering of like how much fear I saw in the word itself and how much fear I saw in this sort of maturation which I knew a little bit about because I'd been told by teachers and um, colleagues, um, mainly in um, moments where I was working as, an, as a dance artist, um, about this sort of opinion that was created about me that I that I was sort of in this like childlike way, and that like one day I would mature to be. A woman kind of thing and this to me is kind of like an illusion or like a delusion like that doesn't need to be spoken about in that way but because um because of not having all of these other life experiences that have transpired since then the way that i digested it was um that maybe they were right <laughs> like maybe one day i would just step out of this you know, like way of childlike being and, and be the gender that I was assigned to be in its adult form, which is a woman. Like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll believe that when really um, I, I don't, I, for one, I don't have to. And, I, and secondly, I, I will not just because of who I am. But um, yeah, a little little tangenty there I don't know how to come back but uh it just it's I just found it really interesting that um I was drinking that Kool-Aid for so long in in terms of feeling friction based on where I thought I had to go rather than letting friction leave my body and trusting that like people will, will say things like that and that's fine but that I don't have to constantly feel like I'm going to live up to them or that I, that if, when I don't live up to them, that I'm um, failing somehow. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. I would like to talk more about this fluidity of experience because I've honestly, before I fully opened myself up to that process, I think it was hard for me to understand what gen what, what this fluidity around gender is because it was always presented to me. I don't know. I remember once reading this article about a gender fluid person. They were like, one morning I get up and I'm a woman and the next morning I get up and I'm a man. And I'm like, well, that's not like that for me. <laughs> I, I'm clearly not gender fluid, but um, I feel like the fluidity, at least that I'm experiencing is just, it's just more about, about energies 
And it was, yeah. Because I don't have this fixed idea, like this, this is who I am as a woman, or this is who I am as a man. But I live in certain um, feminine and masculine energies, and they're also not always the way that society thinks of feminine and masculine energies. I find that uh, for me, um, feminine energy tends to be, or, or has a side that is very like, or can be quite aggressive actually. Um, like the huntress would be you know, mm. archetypes that I can think mm -hmm. of. Um, I was always coming back to somehow this like snake goddess or sometimes even I like to think about Kali. I know it's not, um, not my cultural background, but because in her, this, uh, this like caring and destruction come together in such a strong way. And um, masculine energy is often something that I perceive as, as I, I would say more like the, the archetype of like the caring daddy or something like that but not, not the warrior, you know, not the, like, um, not necessarily the aggressive hero or whatever, but, and, and that's where it becomes super fluid because I can't, the, it, it's not like I'm this one day and that the other day, but it's like these other, these, these subtle energies that are like flowing through me and that I really can't pinpoint. I can't, I can't say I'm a daddy now, you know, <laughs> I can inhabit mm -hmm. the daddy space. And I'm, I think I'm inhabiting it a lot, actually like way more than I thought I was after our last conversation. I was like, Oh my God, I'm a total daddy in a way. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but then I'm also not in many ways. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 we've like, we've been consuming I, these these ideas our whole lives and humans um I don't I don't know how comfortable I am going like too far back but like at least for the last couple of hundreds of years like we we have these like very strict archetypal representations of what the masculine and what the feminine are and they're upheld within you know such systematic um, roots and um, that to me is like I'm unable to even uh, I, I'm unable to even see that anymore based on all of the, the other information I've taken in um, you know like mas masculinity um, is is not connected to one, you know, look or role in, in the world. Like there's, there's so many things that, um, that exist within it. And um, same with femininity, like, so if you're talking about energies, you're having an entirely different conversation than if you're talking about, you know, the, the, con the construct, the, the constructed idea that has been built um, and that's sort of sunken in in terms of of what we see and 
what we think and like tones of voice and um yeah this is this is so interesting to to talk about because um when i put on things like when i adorn myself with things that would be typically classified as like the masculine it's it's kind of this really beautiful experience that sometimes that's when i feel like the most comfortable with my femininity and for so long i i resisted you know like the color pink i resisted um i i was afraid of being what i remember thinking of it as was too girly or just not too girly but girly in general is afraid of that and it that obviously to me speaks to the the value system that we have here um in our society of like girls being lower or weaker or not as worthy and so that to me that makes sense that growing up i didn't want to be down there um but this resistance of towards femininity went on for a really long time and um it's only been in the last couple of years that i've been able to be like yeah yeah like fuck yeah i'm like able to be this like high femme like oof and um one thing that i find um like quite interesting is if i'm wearing something like clothing wise that um that is like of the like that is like typically of the other gender like this doesn't switch very much but if i for example like hang hang out in a strap on just like lay sitting or yeah. laying and like feeling what that feels like to like see physically see and feel the rep, the the physicalized um weight and like image of like you know this organ this genitalia i'm like feeling so like hyper femme and it's like what is that I what is that and i want to talk about that totally and i i for work i wear a strap on all the time and that's like one of my specialties and i have a strap on that is um pink and baby blue with glitter inside mm -hmm. and it's like the femiest fucking strap on you can imagine and i totally agree i feel very like femme and 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 like the total goddess power with it mm -hmm. yeah. and it's like d is part of it because i like have grown to be able to accept and love my um my my body and my like like because i i do want to speak to like the i, I do want to speak to the privilege that i have or that i that i feel in this scenario is that i um i i i really know that there are um you know people who are very not okay with the um the body and the genitalia that they have and that is a source of like extreme friction and that it's a privilege to despite the fact that i feel internally um and externally and this whole conversation of like 
not cis and maleness and transness and whatnot, but that I'm like not trying to um, unsee the body that I have or um, ch or change the the genitalia that I have, and that feels like a that feels freeing and that feels like a privilege that I feel like I must acknowledge and I do acknowledge. Um, but I wonder in terms of like this archetypal goddess and God um, energy of the, of the outside and the inside being different and then that being able to sort of flip on its side. I wonder if like that exists energetically there like this representation of like a penis exists already and then when it's when it's physicalized and able to be seen does it then communicate to to the the spirit or the soul like in some sort of a way and then you're or I am sitting there with like both experiences communicating to each other and does that free up the ability to just like experience the self and then if that's the case and I'm feeling really feminine does that just mean that I have like a ton of feminine energy and as far as certain lineages of of uh of um information and language and communicating with like planetary shifts and stars and astrological archetypes I have I do have a lot of feminine energy so then it's it it ties in it, it starts to tie in with me as like reality and truth and what is reality what is truth and like what are we feeling in those moments and and um, also can anybody um, just have a moment where they feel really like oh yeah, like I'm really owning this one energy. And then in another moment, I'm really owning this energy. And yeah, like why has it been so separate? Why, why is, uh, yeah, like why, why do they have to exist? Where, where does the sort of, impulse of separating these as to um you know where does this come from I'm not actually asking fully because I have some ideas towards it but it, do it doesn't seem quite answerable yeah and I guess the question would be, um, what can trans justice look like if we take all of this into account? Um, and then it becomes uh, <laughs> such a such a such a huge topic that is so connected to spiritual belonging also I think and spiritual connection and a way to or 
yeah, like a, a transformation of the world that we live in that needs all of these fixed identities that um, has a cut off humans from this from this deep spiritual ocean of energies. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like when we cut ourselves um, off by focusing on form and um, like external world images, um, this like this is like another way of of distracting us from like what it is to feel at home. And it's also sort of this, like, um, I don't know, like a, the, the, these, um, if there's any sort of, uh, if for, for however long there, there exists a, um, like war within this conversation, uh, it seems like the greater um, way of talking about what's happening is like this extreme judgment and extreme fear because like never has any of, of, uh, of this like finding the self and living true to what it is and how it is that you identify, like never has that in itself been violent. What, what's been violent is the, um, the response from others when these understandings are, are coming to be and these ways of living are, are being expressed. That's where, that's where the violence happens. And um, for as long as that continues, that, that's the this this sort of seems a little bit like one more way of um, like these um one more way of 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 a distraction of this like these people um instead of instead of focusing on what could be amazing <laughs> let's just say um focusing on on just surviving which for so many trans folks that's what has to happen every day it's how can i survive today um you know like unfortunately that's that's what we're going to continue to see is like no no like um or not a whole heck of a lot of growth individually if if what has to happen um, is this like this fight up against belief systems that are embedded in our society. Yeah. Yeah, I wish for for all of our trans siblings that that they can allow themselves or can find the space 
for these kinds of explorations and and can find the safety and the space for fluidity in all kinds of ways really because <laughs> i do think that finding this flow is where where freedom lies not only um when it comes to gender but being in in flow and yeah without having to restrict yourself in any way that's that's what freedom is i think yeah um we talked for almost an hour so if you have any any last words please do say them <laughs> um if not it's also fine <laughs> I mean, I have met, I have many more words. Um, so maybe something to leave on is that um, like there's there's so much to learn when we look inward, and. Um, it's not to say that looking around is, um, I, I, I don't believe that looking outside of the self is not useful, um, but I really feel like there's so many, um, so much that we see and so, many, so much that we take in that's already been dictated by these systems that have like, continued to to separate in so many different areas that um it it feels like um like a, a regular check-in of going inward and just like communicating with like what that whole space feels like um to to, to ask questions from that place um feels like uh, and the ability to do that. I feel like that that's what feels like freedom. And that's what feels for me, like I've had the privilege of exploring um, that space, um, partially because I haven't had to come up against a numerative um, amount of, of other um, fights. I've had the space to to tap into those things. And so for, for me, I feel like what I hope for um, for the world and what I hope for for trans justice uh, in speaking to freedom and liberation is like the wherewithal, the ability, the space, the access and the um, like the, the real um, desire to like communicate and go to, to communicate with that inward world and spend time there without it feeling like this overwhelming um, abyss of like unnavigatable uh, like knowledge and 
um, corridors, you know, like it, I want, I, I, my hope is that everyone, um, every single person has the ability to like go in there, go home, go um, inside and, and learn from that place. Yeah, I totally agree. Those are very nice last words. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My dear, it was super nice to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. For this conversation. And... I might go hang out in my strap-on. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm <laughs> <laughs> strapping party. Yeah, also the this baby blue pink baby baby blue baby pink and sparkle sounds like something I should put on my my wish list yeah it's delish (laughs) (laughs) all right my dear take care bye yeah you too bye so my dear friends I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did thank you so much Joey for uh yeah going on this journey with me and thanks everybody for listening I want to acknowledge that of course the things that we talk about are not true for everyone and if you have a different trans experience let's talk about it email me also if you are a trans person and you feel very isolated right now because of the pandemic, because of course this hits us all very hard and much, much harder than cis and straight people, do reach out. Reach out to communities in your city. And if you don't have anybody to reach out to, reach out to me, please do. And I hope you're all doing okay. I'm sending you a big hug. Goodbye.